So this morning I am uh, very excited to have Betty Nelson and Lynn Edwards up here with me. At different points over the last decade, uh, both Lynn and Betty uh, made a choice to invest in the needs of our city. And through those decisions, God led them out of the comfort of their normal circle of relationships and into two very different communities. And as they got involved, as they got to know people, they saw God at work in incredible ways. I've asked them up here to share a bit of their experience in order to encourage you, but also to inspire you to join God in the work that he's doing in this place and in our city. So I want to start with some general introductions. And Lynn, I want to start with you. Could you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how long you've been here at Holy Trinity? Yes. I was a fourth grade teacher before my children were born. We are a close-knit family, one husband named George, three children and spouses, and our sixth grandchild is on its way. Sixth grandchild on the way. It's exciting. Betty, what about you? Could you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how long you've been at Holy Trinity? Sure. I've been a member of Holy Trinity for about 11 years. I have one husband, also named Russ, (laughs) and I have a 15-year-old sophomore at Broughton High School. I was born and raised here in Raleigh, and I work in our family business called Eatman's Carpets and Interiors, where we sell beautiful things for the home. And I will tell you, other than being on a reality TV show, this is one of my worst nightmares. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. (laughs) Yeah, it would be terrifying to be on a reality TV show. Um, Lynn, for many years, you've been involved in a Bible study at Carousel Place. And I wonder if you could just tell us a bit about how you first got involved in this Bible study, but then also what exactly Carousel Place is. Yes. Thank you. I served on the outreach committee for Holy Trinity for many years. In doing so, I visited all of our ministry partner sites at that time. I served dinners at the Raleigh Rescue Mission. I bagged groceries for With Love from Jesus. And I babysat for neighbor to neighbor. I enjoyed all these important and much needed ministries. But I was looking for some place where the gospel could be discussed and where long-term relationships could be formed through that discussion. I knew a lady at the time who moved into the newly built Carousel Place Apartments in old Chavis Heights behind Ligon Middle School. She and two members of Holy Trinity met with me and started a Bible study with lunch and study books provided by Holy Trinity. We knew from the internet that Carousel Place is a low-income housing facility owned and operated by the Raleigh Housing Authority. Its residents must be over 55 years old, But what we did not know was just how eager 20 to 30 of the residents would be for a study like this, and just how knowledgeable they were of the Bible. We soon turned the leadership of our discussion over to the residents, who do a fabulous job. Many of our church members currently have a We currently have about eight people from our church community who are involved in this ministry. And we've had many who have come throughout the years. 
we're heartbroken that we're not currently able to meet because of the pandemic and with so many of our residents elderly and in poor health. So then you've been doing this for more than a decade, right? Right. Now, lots of times we, we might choose to get involved in something like this for, for a year, maybe two years. Um, but you didn't do that. You stayed connected. What, what has kept you connected and committed at Carousel Place? I've stayed involved at Carousel Place, hardly missing any of the monthly meetings we've had there for 12 years. Of course, by the grace of God. But beyond that, for one main reason because of the blessing I have found through the relationships we have developed there. I love these people. I love how these friends come to our meetings in spite of having just returned from kidney dialysis or in spite of having to lug an oxygen tank with them or in spite of a long bus ride they have taken to get home. And I have come to know and love these people because of their willingness to share their life stories. We have heard how a man spent three days on a bridge with a hundred other people in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina. We have heard how one woman had to choose between paying her tithe to her church and paying her electric bill. We've heard how several made it through a childhood of abuse and hunger. And of course, we have heard how they came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, and how that has made such a difference in their lives. And it works both ways. We tell the residents of Carousel Place about our sick grandchildren, about our difficulties with family members, and about the decisions we're facing. They are always sympathetic and willing to pray for us. We're friends in the truest sense of the word. So can we go back to the tithe and the electric bill? Yes. Uh, it, what did she choose? <laughs> she chose to pay her tithe. And do you know, <laughs> God miraculously provided for her electric bill to be paid. That's amazing. <laughs> So, Lynn, it's, it sounds like you started out going to Carousel Place. This is just kind of reading between the lines. It sounds like you started out going there with the idea that you had something to offer this group of people and, and that they needed you. But you discovered along the way that God actually had something for you that you couldn't have anticipated. Is, is that kind of what happened? Yes, exactly. It's amazing how I first went to Carousel Place with an attitude that I was going to be a help. But instead, I found myself on the receiving end. What a joyful surprise to discover that God had something wonderful waiting for me at Carousel Place. So a lot of us struggle with building relationships outside sort of our comfortable uh, circle of, of friendships. And, and we don't know how to form friendships that span differences in race or in socioeconomic status. Uh, could you tell us just a little bit about what you've learned about friendship through your experience at Carousel Place? Yes. One thing I've learned about friendship is that it's okay to talk about our differences. I've learned that we need to talk about these things in places like Carousel Place. But seldom does one of our sessions end without someone saying 
we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, or that God loves us all equally, or that God made our blood all the same color. It's our love of Christ that is our connection with each other, and that overrules any of our differences. Following the unrest, the racial unrest in Raleigh in May of 2020, I talked with several of the black Carousel Place residents. It was a wonderful conversation in which the residents condemned the violence, and I expressed my sincere sympathy for any racial antagonism that they had personally experienced. So you see, in spite of our differences, those of us who meet and study God's Word at Carousel Place have found deep connection and relationships that are meaningful and fulfilling. Those kinds of conversations can be, they can be so delicate and difficult, can't they? And it takes, it takes those established friendships to enable them to happen. Um, Betty, uh, several years ago, you started hanging out at the women's shelter here in Raleigh. Can you, could you just tell us how that came about and, um, and what you learned? Yes, I can. Um, about six years ago, my dear friend Katie King was serving coffee at the Women's Center and invited me to go with her. The Women's Center is an on the only day shelter for women only where they can go during the day to get food, clothing, use the bathroom. You see, most of these people that are stay in the overnight shelters have to leave by 6 a.m. in the morning. So they're often wandering during the day with no place to go. So after Katie was serving meals for years, she realized these women were hungrier for community than they were for food. So she de developed this coffee shop type atmosphere where we would come and serve the women, sit down and talk just like you would with your best friend. and. Um, ultimately, the goal was to build relationships. We started, what started as a one-time trial basis turned into an every week event. Um, and with several other ladies, I went on a weekly basis and we developed some of the sweetest friendships. As I got to know them, I found out that many of them were sleeping outside on the concrete behind the women's center because all the, day, all the night shelters were completely full, so there was nowhere for them to go. And with my job, I go into these beautiful homes every day, and I'm sitting there in my cushy home with AC and heat, and I just couldn't fathom that my new friends were sleeping outside. It just broke my heart. And the city that I grew up in, I realized I only knew half of it. There's this whole underside that I had never seen. As a result, I had this longing to hear what, why, how these women happened to be in this place. Where were their families? In the course of hearing their stories, I learned what I thought or had been taught was incorrect. I used to think people suffering from homelessness were lazy, didn't want to work, or were on drugs. I learned that many of these women suffer from severe trauma and health issues brought on by circumstances beyond their control. For sure, they had made mistakes along the way, just like you and me, but the difference was they had no support, no family. Even though there's so many great organizations in Raleigh, it was really hard and complicated to reach those services. 
After walking alongside a few of them, I learned just how hard it is to fill out a form for assistance and how difficult it is to get once you have. I learned that when you have no sleep for days, no shower, no safety, no food, it is really hard to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go get a job. My eyes were open to the hurdles that were so big that before seemed so small to me. Now there's one woman in particular that you got to know that had a big impact on you. Could you tell us about her? Yes, I can. Um, there's one lady named Kathy, and when I met her, she was regularly sleeping on the concrete. She is six feet tall, 64-year-old veteran, with a foul mouth and lots of opinions. <laughs> but she was also really funny, interesting, and she loved to see me. She was just delighted every time she saw me. This is a welcome change from the what I receive when I go into my own home and my work <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> so, um, God really used Kathy to tug at my heart, and I was just drawn to her. After work, I kind of got really obsessive, and I would ride my bike late at night to go visit her, and just I just wanted to hear more about her. And I learned that she had a drinking problem, her husband had kicked her out of the house, and she had nowhere to go. She had no extended family whatsoever. She never once asked me for money. She didn't want anything from me except to be seen, valued, listened to, and loved. I will tell you, we are in approximately year five of our friendship, and she is truly one of my dearest friends. She's one of the five I talk to on a regular basis, and she's so precious to me. She is now housed and stable. Betty, what did you learn about yourself through this relationship? Uh, uh, how, and and how, did, how did these experiences and relationships impact your, your priorities, how you spend your time, how you spend your money? I realized how privileged I was being born into a family that could always back me up and would always back me up emotionally, physically, financially. Because of my family, I had a safety net that Kathy did not have. When I would stumble, I wouldn't stumble far. When she would stumble, it was often an avalanche of hurt. I realized I had nothing to do with where I was born, to whom I was born, the color of my skin, or the resources I have access to. I had nothing to do with that, and those things are my safety net. Without that safety net, I could be any one of those women sleeping on the ground. Hmm. Over the last few years, um, you and a group of friends, uh, you've been working on a pretty ambitious project actually a crazily ambitious project, mm -hmm. um, to tackle one of the biggest obstacles that at-risk women face when it comes to finding stability. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about the Kings Ridge Project and what you're hoping to accomplish through that, how you're involved? Yes. Um, well, there's five ladies who've been walking with me through this journey, and Katie Kuhn, Molly Painter, Sally Tanner, Marcy Porterfield, and Fraley Marshall. Um, all of us had walked alongside our friends who were struggling with no obvious solution. We realized the people we were helping were the most vulnerable. 
those suffering from mental, mental and physical illness that may never get a job or fit into the system. So we learned, we wanted to learn what organizations existed out there in Raleigh to see if there was anything we were missing. We took a year to find out and meet with all the organizations in Raleigh. And at the same time, we read the book, A Hundred Story Home by Kathy Izzard. And we felt like we were reading our own memoir. Kathy lives in Charlotte and she had served in a shelter just like we had and met the same vulnerable group of people. She was instrumental in building a permanent supportive housing for this group. We realized we needed that here in Raleigh. It's called More Place um, in Charlotte. So one of the organi organizations we met with is called CASA. CASA is an affordable housing developer and property manager. They have 25 years of experience and really are the best at what they do. When we met with CASA, we found out they were already dreaming of something like More Place in Charlotte. And they already had a piece of property. And Casa Kings Ridge is born. Kings Ridge is permanent supportive housing for those aging in place with wraparound services. There, they will cover about 200 individuals or families. I'm not on the Kings Ridge committee, but Ka Katie Kuhn is here and happy to answer any questions afterwards. I will tell you that Kings Ridge is working to raise 18.6 million, 16.6 in construction, and 2 million in sustainability fund. We've raised 7 million from private sector and applied for 8 million from the city and county and expect to get it with the relationship we have with um, the CASA has with the city. We are hoping to break ground in 2022 and construction within 12 to 16 months. It's located behind Wake Med off Sunnybrook Road. And it's near bus routes and some of the other services these women are already connected to. God's been amazing at leading us through this journey. Mm. So I just, just want to come back. It started with an invitation from a friend to serve coffee. Mm -hmm. It went to the formation of an unexpected friendship, exposure to a side of the life of our city you've never seen before, and now somehow you've gotten yourself involved in an $18 million building project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, as we kind of wrap up, Lynn, I want to come back to you. I just want to ask, what, are the, what would you say are the most important things that you have learned about the Lord, about yourself, about the church through your time at Carousel Place? I have learned that God really is love. And that he spreads his love among his people, enabling them to love each other in spite of any differences in their backgrounds. I've learned that I myself, though flawed and prejudiced, can deeply love someone who at first seems different from me. And I have learned that what I myself have to offer is small compared to what I need to receive in a group of devoted Christians such as this. As for the mission of the church, Carousel Place has taught me that it is through spending time together in God's Word that we will be able to come, overcome the divisions among us and welcome His peaceful kingdom. So if this were a sermon, there'd be either an invitation or an application 
at the end. Do you have uh, anything to invite us to or to encourage us as we think about how we apply what we've heard this morning? I want to invite all to pray for an opportunity to become involved in at least one person's life that seems to be different from your own. What I've learned at Carousel Place about God, myself, and the church has been invaluable in helping me overcome a bit of my vast self-centeredness. These friends from a different background have opened me up to see myself as one of them, a fellow sinner uh, saved by grace. As we read in Colossians 3.11, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all in all. Truly learning we are one in Christ is worth stepping out of any comfort zone. Hmm. Betty, how about you? Just same questions. What, what, what are the most important things you learned about yourself, about the Lord, about the mission of the church uh, through your involvement at the women's shelter? Yeah, I think um, I've learned that God calls us to serve others, not just because they need us, but we may need them. Um, God is close to the brokenhearted, and this journey has led me closer to the brokenhearted in the underside of the city, and I've met Jesus there. He calls us to do things so he can show us his love through his people. I've learned that we as people are all the same. Deep down, we all want to be loved, seen, and valued. And uh, again, if this were a sermon, there'd be some kind of application point or an invitation. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you invite us to? Um, very similar to what Lynn said, if you're not currently serving somewhere and or getting to know people that are different from you, I would ask that you pray about when, if, how, where God wants you to serve. When you do serve, God will meet you there, change your heart, and fill your cup with true joy. Thank you both for sharing about your experiences with us. Let me, let me pray for us. Lord God, we thank you that um, you lead us into unexpected places and you give us the gift of unanticipated friendship. And that as you do these things, you open up the world to us in a way that... Um, that beats back our self-centeredness, that opens our eyes to the, the things and the people that you love, and that draws us into your work in a profound way. Thank you for Betty and for Lynn, for the work they're involved in and for the relationships that you've given them. We pray for both the residents of Carousel Place and the King's Ridge Project that you would continue to be present in both and honored in the work done in these places. And we pray for ourselves, Lord. Lead us out of our comfort zones. Lead us into the world. Show us your power at work. And give us grace to follow you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.